So here we go. Hi, Shaza. Hi, Teresa. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Why? I want, first of all, I want to know what we are going to talk about. <laughs> and then I'm always, I'm always very happy mm. to talk with you. So uh, Myself as well. This is very much actually Thanks. mutual from my side too. I'm very much looking forward to it. What are we talking about today? I, let me actually ask you a question. Do you think you can teach an old dog a new trick? In the sense, of course, I'm not talking an, about dogs. <laughs> the <laughs> regular creatures that they are. But I am a real defensor of the idea that if you are born uh, uh, round, you don't die. You don't die you can die of a di- in a different shape. So, okay, I-, I rephrase it a little bit better. In Italian, we say, se nasci quadrato, non puoi morire tondo. Which is like, if you are born in a certain way, you cannot die shaped in a different way. Like, I, I, don't, I don't believe that uh, if you... I don't believe that things are set in stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do you think dictates this change at an old age? Especially for people when they're a bit older. Mentality. 100%. Mm, yeah. I mean, of course, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very brief uh, answer and a straightforward one. But your attitude, I don't think it's a matter of age. I think it's more a matter of uh, how prone you are in trying to be open to the different and the differences, and to changes and to question yourself, because I have seen young people be as stubborn as uh, very 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 old people and very old people yes, true mm. be more flexible than young people i totally agree with you i totally agree with you i think uh <laughs> and so the episode is concluded guys <laughs> no 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 i'm kidding to be honest i <laughs> you've actually said bottom line but true to a great extent i think it you summed it up when you said mentality because So many people can think that they are open to new ideas, but they would never adopt them. They would act open-minded, but they will never be willing to change. Their own existing state would still remain superior to them than an idea coming from another person. Even if it sounds more correct, even if it sounds more uh, adoptable or more relevant to their case, they would still have this a bit of, like, this bit of, I don't know even how to call it it's arrogance or persistence or resilience even to change fear could be very much could be actually and i i can tell you something that uh, um i've been asking myself this question for several uh, days at this point uh, what's the point of us uh, talking so much about so many different topics and I couldn't get to a good answer. Couldn't get to a proper good answer of why is it meaningful for us to actually have this kind of conversation. And now that we are talking about this topic, actually, just popped in my head that uh, the simple fact of argumenting different point of views or or discussing about something helps us uh, to kind of shape our our minds, values, and our perspective towards things. The reason why I was mm-hmm. saying fear is that. Uh, Especially, I guess, in cultures where uh, hierarchy is very, very strong and the idea of, you know, the older being wiser and the one that actually gives you the knowledge and knows better than you. And so you should listen to them. 
I think that at the same time, the the other side of the coin is that uh, this is also seen as uh, something that you shouldn't question. You shouldn't question someone that uh, like is uh, older than you because they know better than you. And and this, of course, gets to a very uh, vicious cycle where things are set in stone at this point, and which might be me as a young person uh, being scared about uh, um, questioning. Uh, tradition and someone older instead uh, having the fear of questioning uh, himself uh, and something that he has believed uh, to be true for the entire totality of his life yeah and i have seen the, that uh, the people that were the most willing to be actually open uh, to questioning things and changing and uh, learning new tricks were actually those ones that uh, were less uh, scared about uh, changes and changing and and yeah yeah do you think in contrast they were more scared about having dull minds i guess so like it's a both way fear that goes but some people are fearful of losing their set in stones and others are fearful of losing their sense of fresh mindfulness in the sense not not in the meditative sense but like having a fresh mind that is not that's not taking things for face value or that's not taking things for granted as they are and questioning them constantly because i think also that part of it is what uh, for me is why we talk i see your point and I can add maybe another category, which is uh, those who are generally really curious about things, which is, for example, the reason why mm. I talk with you. I know that, for example, I love questions for this reason. Mm. I love when people ask questions and I'm free to ask questions because it allows me to be as curious as I can. And I guess that those people are also the ones that are more willing to actually be open to learn uh, Uh, new things uh, even uh, if they are pretty old and accepting those things because this is the point the idea is that uh, you learn them but you're also very willing to accept them and to welcome them which I don't know why but for me it's very different because I can see many many people that uh, are very able to uh, learn and are you know have these huge crazy minds where they can actually like acquire so many things like a sponge but they are not as willing to actually accept uh, those mm-hmm. new things. Very correct. So many people can sound like they're encyclopedias. Yes. But then when you actually see how much can they apply onto themselves, you would see the amount of resilience to change. And it's like the acquisition itself has given them a different status within their own self-presentation. But it's mistaken for something else, you know? I I can put faces to this so much. It's a very blind acquisition. This is the way that I feel about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's just for the sake of showing off, honestly. Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't want to banalize it. I've seen it in some cases as a way of defense. Also, this is true. To be used in defending your own ideologies. But I can tell you that it's uh, like the difference uh, in conversation is palpable. You can touch it. You can sense it when you are in front of someone that knows a lot and wants to share that knowledge in order to reach a new uh, level of of, uh, awareness. And those people that are simply trying to actually win a debate. Yes. 
Which, which, by the way, this brings me back also to something else, which is uh, uh, something that uh, I, I read uh, in one of Esther Perel's uh, blogs, uh, because she was talking about, uh, uh, I guess it was something more about communication and how it's important to learn how to communicate. And she made this difference between uh, talking because you want to dialogue with someone and talking because you want mm. to debate with someone. And the difference that she said is that uh, the goal that you are trying to achieve is completely different. Maybe the way that you are achieving it, I mean, the, the process is the same. You are interacting with someone, you're engaging with someone. But in one case, you have, let's say, point A and point B, and then mm. you reach point C, uh, which is a middle ground between the two opinions. And this is the case of dialogue. And then on the other end, you have debating, which is me trying to win over you. And of course, in this case, is a very... Uh, not constructive uh, interaction, but is a very is very disruptive. Competitive somehow. to the point of destruction, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think between li listening to learn and listening to reply, there is so many things lost. The reason why I was thinking about it is that uh, is how I feel when, for example, I I talk with people that, uh, in terms of age, are older than me but they are still very open and willing to actually have a constructive, constructive conversation with me. Yes. Because it's like that they are really interested in trying to understand my point of view, what I have to say, even though maybe they know much more than me. Because anyway, they know that it's not a matter of knowing more because uh, I guess I was talking about this with, maybe with you, or I don't remember, but about the idea of values and how we inherit them. And the truth is that, yeah, of course, I mean, it's very important to hear what uh, older people have to say and because they are more experienced than us. But it's also through something that if I follow, for example, let's say my grandma suggestions, uh, those suggestions come from a moment in time uh, that was very, very, very different from the one that I'm living mm. now. So maybe those suggestions uh, for as wise they are and as, as good they may, might be, they will not really help me to actually survive uh, and thrive in this specific moment in time. So the idea is that uh, it's true that we can learn from them, but it's also true that uh, we also have something to teach somehow. Of course, maybe it m might be a little bit less refined, let's say, a little bit more not, you know, like it, it's not, uh, how to say, premature, I would mm. say, but still uh, there, are so there is some truth in it. And I don't know, I feel that this is the, what I have in my head when I think about if a dog, an old dog can actually learn new tricks. Mm. I love that. And I don't think you realize how wise you are with this, but that's exactly the quote that I was looking for in the, in the Yuval Noah Harari's Seriously? book. <laughs> yes, the 21 lessons for the 21st century book. Is it interesting? He literally was talking about the fact that there can, it's, it's honestly, to be honest, it's not an easy read at all. It's a read that you really have to be awake. Like you read it while drinking coffee in the morning, not before bed you know but it's a it's a book that has so much insight in a sense that it it's such an interdisciplinary book that links the whole universe literally universe when we talk about pre-life afterlife notions of existing politics technology our like the ideas of simulation and everything but in one holistic manner it's 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 actually it's an it's an amazing book i find it amazing but it's not for everybody. But I think you will what enjoy is, it. Uh, 
What is his background? He's a philosopher. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. By far, this is a very... One of his, like, most relatable, yet also very all-encompassing mm-hmm. books. You know, like, he, it's a good book. I like this book very much. I recommend it for somebody that has the patience for it. How did you come across uh, across it? I read the preface once, I think, uh, in a bookshop. I said, I want to buy this book, but then the book is heavy. So I had to buy uh, an online version of it. And I... Ah, okay. It's heavy. I cannot travel with it. You know, I always have to put my books in suitcases. So that's why... Such a businesswoman. <laughs> not a businesswoman at all. I mean, I do not even own a Kindle. If I was a businesswoman, I would be talking about my Kindle, but I don't have one. So <laughs> spare me that. <laughs> but but uh, actually, I'm really interested to know what uh, he says in the book. He talks about so many things. To be honest, I cannot even brief the book. Like, he doesn't even know how to put a brief to the book because the book <laughs> is so wide. But uh, really, but then he just links so many things that sometimes do not really um, look very correlational on their own. And then he, he mm-hmm. makes these linkages in a manner that just makes you feel like the, everything is actually connected in a way. I think that I need, I need to read this book. I think you need to as well. But yeah, like I didn't finish it yet, but for the most part and for how much I've read it from it, and it's quite a lot, I can say that I definitely enjoyed each chapter on its own because each chapter is a different thematic area as well. So all the themes have spoken to me on different, on different, at different levels, but I've enjoyed it for sure. It's a good read. And it also talks about dull minds. One of the quotes in this book says, consistency um, is the playground of dull minds. Mm-hmm. Consistency. But does he define consistency? What, what he means for consistency? Exactly. It, it's, if, if we take this quote out of context, it will deal with consistency as if it's a bad term. Although I find consistency also very important in other things. In certain relationships, consistency is, is a sign of loyalty and it prolongs good relationships. But in this uh, part, he was talking about consistency in thought. The way that you just consistently um, form your ideologies and defend them and keep on running around the same thing that we were talking about, the vicious cycle of having to just keep consistently defending the same idea and going around in it is that this becomes your playground now and it becomes the playground of a dull mind. I love that. And this is what should be feared more than anything. And I, I find this priceless, to be honest, because you can have so... so thought-provoking ideas but the courage Mm -hmm. that it takes to actually say no i'm wrong maybe i need to change maybe i need to take a step some towards a different direction now uh and to start afresh somewhere new is 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 all too powerful for me you know why i love these so much and i have to be honest, I'm really excited that we are talking about this topic uh, because it's, a very, it's something that is very close to me in the sense that uh, I guess it's something that I have been fighting a lot in this couple of years because trying to understand why you do what you do. Uh, if it's because it's something that uh, you're doing because, uh, because your values and your principles are moving you. Or if because it's someone else that actually has told you to do in this way and you are not really questioning what you're doing is really something that uh, I've been trying to learn a lot in these couple of years. 
And this also led me to see very clearly how much people are attached to their own values, principles and beliefs in a way that most of the time is very unhealthy. I mean, in, in Italian is just uh, per una questione di principio, which is just for the sake of uh, defending your own ideas and your own, your own point of view. Because then if you start to really ask questions uh, which are like pertinent uh, to the topic, uh, you start to see all the flaws uh, behind certain kind of beliefs. This happens especially, for example, in your family, uh, with your parents, uh, where you start to realize that uh, many things that you are actually doing are just the result of a very, how to say... Blind. Yeah, a very blind uh, attitude. And for blind, I mean, mm. yeah, I no, guess I, you, I agree with you. You get. Mm. And also, I do you know what also and like gets to me more than the fact that people just defend for the fact of a principle? I'm happy for somebody to be defending their values, what they consider to be values, actually, because values also is such a relative term, but like their principles, their set in stone ideologies and everything. I'm happy for anybody to defend them as long as they know the reason behind them. How did they actually come about? But a lot of the things that I would even have arguments with people about, even in my daily life or with my parents or with my 64-year-old boss or uh, or some of my colleagues or something, they would most of the time not even have the idea why they are so hanging on to something like without even knowing the background, the, the real construct of what this ideology or this principle is or whatever it is, a value or tradition or whatnot. Like there must be a rationale. I'm sure there must be a wisdom behind it. But do you know it before you decide to adopt this? Yeah. Uh and to create this type of of stubbornness alongside of it or are we just all living within our own sets of knowledges that are presented to us and you say okay and you go like a robot practicing not that I'm belittling robots of course they're <laughs> becoming much more smart than us right now <laughs> to be honest. If you think about it is a is a is a survival mode. Survival mode in what sense? If you start to question uh, things which were like the fundamentals of, of your person and maybe not just your person or your identity, but uh, your family, your culture, your community, I mean, your reality, I mean, takes a lot of strength and courage and, um, and braveness. Does it exist as a word, braveness? No, brave. Bravery. Bravery, thanks. Um, it takes a lot of bravery to actually welcome something new that can actually completely change your reality and your world uh, to the point that uh, your entire ground is completely shaken. Mm. And is it a survival mode if you think about it? I mean, as long yeah. as you know what is in front of you, you can actually be able to survive. Being blind and not knowing where you are going and accepting things that you you don't know and you don't understand is uh, for me is really fascinating and is what actually makes a human being uh, richer but takes a lot of strength and bra and bravery honestly definitely definitely to believe that life is so dynamic and so changing and ever so changing in fact we keep going back to the book you know that <laughs> we we really keep going back to the book um i remember parts of it also talking about that the only constant that has happened during the history of mankind has always been changed, yet we always resist it. 
If you think about it, hasn't been the pandemic mm-hmm. a catalyzer in this sense, for example? Oh, oh my God. The pandemic is the biggest slap on the face yeah. at this moment, to be honest. I think it's just a reminder that no matter how much you think you're in control of anything, the presets that you base on everything in your foundation on daily basis can be shaken in one second, literally. Even now, like yesterday or the day before yesterday, um, some Ebola cases were starting to be announced in Guinea. We're sharing a border with Guinea. And it was just a shock to everybody that what if life goes back to the times of Ebola? I was lucky not to be there. I came only seven months after Sierra Leone was declared Ebola free. But before that, the country was absolutely on pause for three years, you know? And... Mm -hmm. It's really one place to another that gets to face these realities depending on the conditions that they're going through. But for the very first time these past two years, 2020 and 2021 now that we're ongoing, we're facing this reality together. Is that nothing is not changeable. But it also makes me feel now that there is the old dog in what we meant by not being able to teach an old dog a new trick is not because of an age factor. An old dog is a mentally old yeah, dog. Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I guess is what uh, frustrates me the most when I engage with people. So I know mm. I can be <laughs> friends with you as according to how much you are an old dog or not. Yes. Something that I can't stand at all is when people say it's always been done in this way. What does it mean? Just because. Just because. What does it mean? Nothing. And so, okay, so now let's try something new. But... It takes a lot of um, mental flexibility. Absolutely. 100%. And what I find really sad is that uh, it's not something that has, like, that they teach you. Like, the idea of being flexible and being open and to welcoming new ideas and perspective, paradoxically, is not something that they teach you when you're young in uh, places where they should teach you, in school, university, for example. It's a quality to be obedient and you yeah. learn how obedience is just uh, what will get you people's love and you become a people pleaser rather than somebody that wants to defy comfort in seek, seeking observation, for example. You know that this quote that says comfort is the enemy of, of observation? And I love this it. is an anonymous quote now. I don't know who wrote it, but <laughs> I read it once and I really liked it. <laughs> but it's a very good one. <laughs> yeah. I really love this topic because I think it's something that uh, I have been trying to learn uh, in in this cup, I mean, in my entire life, uh, but especially in this uh, second, I mean, half of my 20s. I had to unlearn a lot of things. Hallelujah. Yes. And I mean, if I start to say now what I I had to unlearn, honestly, we can stay here for days, honestly. But the thing is that uh, for sure, curiosity cannot thrive in this kind of context never and for me it's super sad if you cannot unlearn you're you're killing your curiosity for sure and it's it's just Mm. something that i don't find fair because it's like as if we have so much potential in terms of how we can express ourselves and what we can do and what we can achieve and what can what we can build but then we spend much more time and effort and energy to try to like convince ourselves that we are capable of these kind of things rather than actually doing these kind of things. Because as you were saying before, and I guess it's very, 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 very true, like we are taught to be, um, 
what did you say before? Oh my God. Uh, obedient. Yes. Obedient. Mm. Obediency for sure is, is, uh, is the th- death of uh, curiosity. Mm. I like that. This one is a quote by me. Quote. <laughs> Teresa Di Mucho. <laughs> no, but on another note, I think Esther Perel really needs to start considering sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> let's let's send her, her an email. email. I think, oh my God, I would I would love to to meet uh, that woman. You can't even you imagine. Yeah, same, same, same. I would actually create a problem in any relationship. <laughs> Just for the sake of meeting her. Um, Just to go meet Esther. How are you? But I, I mean, I uh, unfortunately, it was a long time ago uh, that I was watching a couple of his uh, conferences uh, where she started talking about how things are changing so fast that, uh, uh, for example, even talking about soft skills now is kind of counterproductive and anachronistico, which again... Mm language barriers but I guess it's very very important this uh, to the point where we start realizing that uh, now mindset uh, is a key element uh, in mm-hmm. whatever you try to do in it's not just a matter of being woke it's not just a matter of um, trying to be intellectually superior or smart but it's really like a necessity now like if you don't start understanding that uh, the way that you think and the way that you behave actually allows you to do certain things and doesn't allow you to, to do others is is a key matter. And, and, this, and this is what is, was interesting is that she's born as a therapist, like couple therapist. And now she's working in, uh, like she's working with people uh, like in uh, the job field. So what she does for ter- yeah, for couples, now she does it for people that work together. Corporate capacity building and so on. Yeah, and not because she wants to be fancy, but because now if you don't know how to cooperate with others and if you don't understand that uh, the human uh, interaction can affect your work and how well you succeed or not uh, is important. And I guess it's important also in the terms of how much you are willing to be open to change, how much you are willing to be open to understand different perspective, how much you are open to see other people's values and yes. maybe question your own values. Yes. For example, I, I still don't get how it is possible in 2021 that, for example, okay, so you, you know that I went uh, to, to India, of course, and I went through an exchange program. For me, it's incredible and it's kind of awful almost how, like, in 2021, there are professors and teachers that are still against these kind of programs, in Italy at least. I can tell you that there are teachers that uh, won't allow to uh, students to actually go abroad because they think it's a waste of time. When in reality, they are learning skills which are, I guess, at least for me, are far more important than uh, knowing two more pages of, I don't know, like a specific author. I think... I think we really don't know the value of certain things unless we try them. True, but I can tell you also that there are people mm. that uh, are able to see the value of things that they have not experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. No, I, I definitely agree that some people are visionaries by, by, by in, the, in the full sense of the word that they don't necessarily have to have experienced something to be able to know its value and importance. Yet others are very monofocal on what they think is important and for them it's 
anything else actually that they have not tried would just probably fit in the other side of the binary form, which is the the zero, the no, nothing. But do you think this is a matter of being ignorant? And I'm not talking from a deprecating point of view, but do you think that uh, this is uh, a matter of being ignorant? So, so like ignoring something or being worried? Like have the, mm. like, yeah, the fear that we were talking about before? I think, I mean, to each their own in these matters, but for sure um, they would feel like it's less important to them. Sometimes even people do not really know how to fit themselves in other people's shoes. So they would just weigh the option as if it's for them. And then they find it not worthy, but they forget that they are actually suggesting something or advising something that is for a different person at a different age group or at a different that is in need of a different set of skills for where they are heading now, which is a different also career path, for example, or future or uh, or upcoming plans. So it, hi- it, it still goes back to the mentality. It's not that they are always ignorant. It's not that they always mean bad. I think people, we just vary in our ways of thinking. Because while you were talking, uh, something popped in my head, which was empathy. And I'm, I, I, I'll try to explain what I mean, is that uh, the people that are visionary, for me, they are not visionary. They are just more empathetic. They have a sensibility that allows them uh, to understand a little bit better that uh, maybe there is something uh, that they cannot understand, uh, but is there. But is this only empathy? Because I think it's, it's sensibility. I think for the most part, they're just being sensible. You know, the empathy takes... Uh, different layers of of knowledge of somebody and so many people would just promote for example an exchange program without actually knowing who they are promoting it to so it's not necessarily in all cases empathy but rather maybe um, a sense of development they perceive development a certain way yeah i mean tomato tomato in the end i can tell you that to me empathy to me empathy is emotional but i don't know but i agree with you i mean honestly i I don't even uh, have an answer in this moment but uh, i don't even think that actually what matters is the answer it just makes me just makes me sad that sometimes uh, we lead our lives uh, in a way that uh, tries to please people that uh, don't really have a they themselves don't have an, a good knowledge about what is going on and they're most probably never going to be pleased no matter what you do yeah <laughs> absolutely 